Fighting for the Faith is listener-supported. That means we truly depend on you in order to bring this resource to you. If you don't already support us financially, you could do so. Visit our website, fightingforthefaith.com. You'll see our three friendly yellow buttons there. One says donate. The other says join our crew. The other says become a patron. Click on one of them and fill that out. If you'd like to support us the traditional way, you can make your gift payable to Fighting for the Faith and send it to Post Office Box 13344, Grand Forks, North Dakota, zip code 58208. And let me thank you for your support. We truly cannot do what we are doing here without it. It's time for another edition of Fighting for the Faith. Monday, July 8th, 2019. Ha-ha! Hope everybody had a great 4th of July holiday. Wish I could say I've been relaxing. It's like far from it. Thank you for tuning in. You're listening to Fighting for the Faith. My name is Chris Rosebro. I am your servant in Jesus Christ, and this is the program that dishes up a daily dose of biblical discernment, the goal of which, help you to think biblically, help you to think critically, and help you to slow down, stop, open up your Bible, and compare Can people compare what people are saying in the name of God to the Word of God. Sadly, there is no shortage of crazy cuckoo banana town stuff being said out there. And we take the time to compare and contrast what the most popular pastors, preachers, teachers, conference speakers, self-proclaimed prophets, prophetesses, self-appointed apostles and apostolettes, and those generally put forward by the evangelical industrial complex as those whom we need to be listening to, whose books apparently we need to be buying, and whose small group curricula we should be studying Instead of the Word of God, yeah, weird how that works. Over and again, we demonstrate that the steady diet of doctrine that is put forward for consumption by the average evangelical, it's far from biblical, far from what God's Word says, and there's just a whole lot of making stuff up out there. Okay, so uh, let's talk about what we're going to do in this installment of Fighting for the Faith. Uh, We are going to be doing (laughs) two segments today. Uh, the first is a uh, prophecy open mic cuckoo banana town segment. Uh, we're going to head over to uh, Glory of Zion and see if we can make heads or tails of what's going on out there. Um, and uh, we'll we'll note uh, the emphasis, the focus of their praise worship <laughs> doesn't seem to be Christ. Um, the focus of their praise music seems to be themselves and it's like i said it's it's cuckoo banana town and uh and then we'll take a break when we come back from the break we're going to head down to a c3 church san diego and uh, we're going to re-release the mccracken uh this is a fellow who makes the rounds in the c3 network uh has also uh, been to planet shakers claims to be a prophet of god and we're going to note that he falls into a particular category of bible twister known as The Empty Talker. So that will be today's installment of Fighting for the Faith. Hope you're sitting down. Um, I'm going to play our standard warning before we uh, get into the first segment. And this is a courtesy to our listeners so that they don't hurt themselves. Uh, and so uh, let's uh, let's play our standard warning, and then we'll get into the segment. Warning, fighting for the faith can be dangerous to your health. Listening with caution is strongly urged while doing any of the following activities. Operating heavy, deadly equipment, playing Farmville, or any time-wasting, brain-numbing activity. For sudden awakening at the sound of a particularly stupid isogetical statement could cause neck strain. 
drinking liquids, drinking hot liquids, having liquids too nearby, not having any liquids nearby. The following medical conditions have been known to occur while listening to Fighting for the Faith. Cranial keyboard embedment syndrome, sinu-nasal liquid spewment disorder, steering wheel pounding clenched fist strain, continual gaping dry mouth atosis, and frustrative disbelief brain explosion. Please take proper precautions. Drinking straws, padding, and duct tape are recommended. You've been warned. Get up right now. to glory of zion and uh, we're going to sample their tammuz worship service and uh, as well as open mic prophecy time and see if we can make any sense of this uh this is a place that we've nicknamed cuckoo banana town and there's reasons <laughs> just all i gotta say is there are reasons so let, let's start by just jumping right into it shall we here is one of their songs see if you can figure out who this song, this worship song, is about. Here, here we go. All I require for life, God has given me. Yeah, I know who I am. I know who God says I am. What he says I am. Where he says I'm at. I know who I am. Now, I know who I am. I know who I am. I know who I am. Uh, it's all about me. Hmm. Your hands have Anita. She is Whoa. 71 years old. Whoa. And one of the most beautiful 71-year-olds you could ever see. Thank God for what she and the team do. This is the month you make a decision. I'm crossing over. I'm not looking. <laughs> I have no idea what's going on there right now back or else you stay on the other side i say you're crossing over or you're staying on the other side right now the tambourine girls are getting ready to do their thing we're crossing over into the new You'll note that uh, Jesus is the I am of Scripture. Just saying, you know, and all this I am stuff, and it's misplaced as far as like a worship song. I know who I am. I'm walking in power. I'm working miracles. I live a life of favor. Yeah, that's, uh, that sounds like a worship song that's worshiping me. Uh, this next one is um, <clears throat> from uh, the movie uh, The Greatest Showman. This is the anthem of the movie itself, and uh, we can't play too much of it, uh, but uh, th just give you an example of the worship set there at Glory of Zion. Yeah, th this is me. Yeah, so apparently... That's an appropriate worship song nowadays. Who are these people worshiping? Hey, Jesus. Yeah, that, that's part of the worship set there. Um, and along with that comes uh, completely mind-numbingly incomprehensible prophecy to go with it. Because, you know, <laughs> this is Glory of Zion. This is where Chuck Pierce... Oh, holds court as an apostle. 
You need to shout. Just shout. I see the Lord saying that he is unraveling our DNA so that he can read. Wait, 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 wait. What did what, you say? You say, you see the Lord saying, which is weird. And you see him saying that we're going to, un- he's going to unravel our DNA. Yeah, let me back that up just a smidge. Try that again. I see the Lord saying that he is unraveling our DNA so that he can reloom us into something that we haven't even. So that he can reloom us. That, that's a, a word that not a lot of people use nowadays, but to rekindle, to relight. So God's going to reloom us after he unravels our DNA. I'm pretty sure if I had my DNA unraveled, uh, <laughs> that that would usually result in like my demise or whoever has their DNA unraveled would that would result in their demise as well imagine ourselves to be a new tapestry in our dna a new tapestry that we couldn't conceive that we could be formed into so he's unraveling us to reloom us yeah yeah don't even get a prophecy bingo card out it's it's not gonna help (laughs) just say he's gonna Unravel our DNA so he can reloom us. Got it. Tell somebody. (laughs) Yeah, even Chuck Pierce is laughing at that one. You just feel like you're being unraveled. And the way you're going to look, you will radiate in days ahead. Aren't I special? I can glow in the dark now. Yeah, all this stuff is about me, 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 me. This isn't about Jesus. Yeah, the testimony of Jesus is the spirit of prophecy. That's exactly what the book of Revelation says. This is the testimony. Me, 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 me. It's all about me. All right, this guy's got a cell phone, so he's taking notes on what he believes the Lord is saying. We'll see if we can make sense of any of this. First, the Lord woke me up with this morning. It's from Ephesians. And I pray that he would unveil within you the unlimited riches of his glory and favor until supernatural strength floods your innermost being with his divine might and explosive power. So, Father, we receive explosive power. Uh Uh-oh. Your divine might. We receive your explosive power. Father, in this month that we are entering, where we express our worship, where it comes forth out of us, Lord, we thank you are creating divine might and rooting explosive power inside of us. Oh, I can't wait to hear how Chuck Pierce is going to clarify this. Put your hand right here. Just say explode. (laughs) He has his hand on his stomach. Yeah, I, w- I would not want to declare over my gut that, you know, to, to have things explode. I've experienced uh, explosions as a result of gastrointestinal things, and it's just not fun. You, usually it will involve, you know, Pepto-Bismol or some kind of K-O-Pectate type of, you know, regimen after that until things clear up, until the explosions stop. Usually there's aftershocks associated with those types of explosions. So I I am putting my hand on my tummy and saying, explode. No, no, no. My wife would not be happy if I did that. Charismos. Dynamos. Explode. Charismos. Dynamos. This is stupidos. Lord, we thank you for the explosion in your people. They got a fire going on there. All right, they're moving on to the next part of the worship themselves set. So we'll fast forward to the conclusion of that. See if we can figure out what's going on with a little bit more uh, open mic, shall we? That her blessings all come from me and forgotten that I am her husband. So, so this guy is now channeling the Holy Spirit and speaking 
in first person as if he himself is God. What could possibly be wrong with that? I will thwart her path and wall her in so she cannot find her way. Then I will allure her and draw her into the wilderness. And when she grasps that she has nothing, then I will visit her and I will speak tenderly to her as my bride. And she will listen to me again. And I will renew my covenant with her and she will once again, once again, sing her praises to me. I will draw her into the wilderness. So God's saying that once again, the bride of Christ will sing her praises to the Lord. See, he's not, they're not, bride of Christ isn't doing that now. Bride of Christ presently singing her praises to herself. Then I will come like the rain. What's with the flags? I, we got an American flag and what looks like a Soviet Union flag. Apparently, we've we've got the melding of the two now being waved together. I don't know what it means. I wanted to thank the president and the first lady for the Fourth of July. Hey, <laughs> somebody. Let this guy out of the corner office at the uh, local <clears throat> uh, Dunder Mifflin franchise. Okay. Celebration that we had. Military first responders. The Lord talked to me during that period of time. He said, you're angry, prophet, at me. And I said, yes, I am, Father. We've gone through a difficult time for five years. I'm not mad at you. I understand why you're disappointed in me. No, no, he's also uh, channeling the Holy Spirit and speaking for God in first person. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> let's just put it this way. If these words aren't actually from God, this is blasphemy. And there ain't no reason to believe these are actually words from God, so... That would mean that this is blasphemy. Yeah. I haven't answered the prayers that you wanted in your time time, time frame. He said, but I let you feel those things as my prophet so that you understand how many within my body feel. There are many that are angry right now because their prophetic word hasn't come to pass. That's because it wasn't a prophetic word. Saying, yeah, see Deuteronomy 18 if you're not sure. Their marriage is being disrupted, their children aren't where they're supposed to be, they haven't found employment, they're looking at foreclosure. I understand because I made them. I wept like that in the Garden of Gethsemane. Are you sure you're hearing directly from God? The the reason I ask is, you know, you're channeling God here and, you know, you're speaking for God in first person. And I'm pretty sure it's not pronounced. Um, how did you pronounce it? Let me back that up. Let me just play this again. The Garden of what again? Can it foreclosure? I understand because I made them. Yeah, yeah. I wept like that in the Garden of Gethsemane. Gethsemane. That's next to Poughkeepsie, right? Yeah. Um, So apparently God is uh, saying that he wept in the Garden of Gethsemane. Yeah, whatever. (laughs) Oh, boy. Let me back that up just again. Listen again. Looking at foreclosure. Yeah. Yeah. I understand because I made them. Yeah. I wept like that in the Garden of Gethsemane. Gethsemane. Yeah, that's next to Poughkeepsie. The cup was presented to me. But he spoke to me when the president said, 
when you see the military come, you know justice is on the way. What does that mean? Our president was prophetically speaking. And we're praying that Donald will become John. That he will be on his knees praying. Filled with the Holy Spirit. And I'm thankful for him and Melania. But he spoke over this nation. Justice is coming. And whether it's earthquakes and whether other things... As we did last night as a family, we've been 21 days that we've had communion because he ordered it. He said, I want you to take and have communion every night and something different has happened. But what I want to tell the body of Christ is this. If you're angry, he understands that. Your time is coming. The answer is going to come. This valley of the shadow of death that you are in will come to pass. So this valley of the shadow of death I'm in will come to pass. Are you saying God's going to kill me? (laughs) What on earth is this? And there is light on the other side. Yeah, it's the light that that lady, that creepy lady from uh, Poltergeist said. And you're not supposed to go into that light. You know, that's, that's bad. thankful that we have a president. I am thankful that we have a prophet that speaks justice to the nations. And my God and your God says, I have released the angelic force. And I saw a film strip over the heavens. And the film strip said, it will be different in the future than it has been in the past, saith the Lord. Wow, yeah, you know, so thus saith the Lord, it's going to be different than it has been in the past. Well, there you go. I, um, so, you know, I'm not sure what they're doing during their church services down there at Glory of Zion, worshiping themselves and then getting these other words from God, which not only are not lucid, you're going to know how, how much time they're wasting not hearing the word of God and not worshiping Christ because they're too busy worshiping themselves and listening to nonsensical words that really didn't come from God at all. So yes, glory of Zion is still cuckoo banana town and some kind of weird madhouse of fervor and activity and feelings and stuff, but not a place where you go if you want to worship Christ and actually hear his word rightly taught. Yeah. And unfortunately, uh, Gloria Zion is not an outlier anymore as far as how churches operate. It's become all too common for churches to behave and operate in this manner. And the person who gets lost in the shuffle is Jesus. There you go. All right, we're up on our first break. If you'd like to email me regarding anything you've heard on this edition or any previous editions of Fighting for the Faith, you can do so. My email address is talkbackatfightingforthefaith.com or you can subscribe on Facebook, facebook.com forward slash Christian. Follow me on Twitter, my name there, at Christian. Quick break. When we come back, we are going to be um, heading to C3 San Diego and re-releasing the McCrackens. We will be right back. Gibberish is not one of the gifts of the Holy Spirit. You're listening to Fighting for the Faith. This is the air I breathe. This is the air I breathe. I've had enough of this sissy, frenzy, turning photo-written music you have the audacity to call worship. Men, put this entire girly praise band in the boo box. Let's wheel in the organ and get some real worship music underway.
Ye be listening to Pirate Christian Radio. Max Holiday's Birdcage Theater presents Church Day Select. in other news, it seems that the inhabitants of Earth are not the only ones subject to economic slumps. Jensen Franklin, through direct revelation from God, has given us information that says that the unemployment rate within God's own army has drastically risen. Take a listen. Angel came and opened the doors and broke the chains. My point to you is simply this. When you don't pray, angels become unemployed. The greatest tragedy a prayerlessness is the unemployment of angels. Because when you pray, God gives angels their, their orders. When you pray, the spiritual battle in the heavenlies begins to be armed with the prayers of the saints and people binding. And whatever you bind on earth is bound in heaven. <laughs> Attention angels, this is uh, the Holy Spirit. I have an announcement regarding the uh, latest downturn in the economy. And I understand that a lot of you have been unemployed lately due to a lack of prayer. And I, I wish there was something that I could do about this. But, you know, I feel so powerless when it comes to these kind of things. Um, we, uh, we've uh, created a welfare uh, basket, a spiritual relief type of thing. And uh, so those of you who uh, have been hit hard by the latest downturn and are now finding yourselves unemployed, uh, please uh, proceed over to the uh, <clears throat> relief office and uh, we'll see what we can do to help you out. Thank you. All right. All right. Everyone just calm down. Thank you. Now, I know that none of you care to be here, but since we're experiencing a worldwide shortage of prayer, it would behoove you to keep calm and allow us to do our jobs. Gabriel, p p put your wings down. There's not nearly enough room for that. And Michael, Michael, don't cut in line. I know you're the big cheese around here, but all of us have been affected equally. Wait your turn. Next! What's your name? George. George. Yeah, whatever. Where's you fly in from? South Orange County, California. California? That's frontline enemy territory. How many tours have you done down in that kill box? About nine. Oh, you're quite the veteran. That's, uh, that's, uh, that's Rick Warren's territory, right? Yeah, he's got most of the people down there praying for purpose, better sex, other useless junk like that. Those idiots don't even realize they don't need God for such things. I hear you on that one. Now, I know it's not much, but this is what I can give you. It's our premium spiritual relief basket. Hallelujah. Thank you. I'll be sure to put this to good use. <laughs> I know you will. Next! What's your name, bub? Harold. Okay. Harold, where are you hailing from? Charlotte, North Carolina. Good gravy. You must really be hurting. Everyone knows that Stephen Furtick's neck of the woods is just filled to bursting with heretical slop. Uh, what are they praying for nowadays? It's the strangest thing. They keep praying to the sun, telling it to stand still. I don't get it. Those morons! Don't they know nothing about astrophysics? If they were to stop the sun, they'd burn half the world to a crisp. Moon rocks have higher IQs than those dingbats. All right, got a relief basket for you. I greatly appreciate the help. <laughs> I know, you're welcome. Next! And your name is... Bob. Bob? I swear, angels these days. All right, Bob, lay it on me. Where are you from? Vatican City. Vatican City? <laughs> are those bozos still praying to dead people and inanimate objects? More than ever. You know, that really frosts my cookies. I mean, seriously. Take Mary, for example. That poor woman has been dead for millennia. She's not answering prayers. Who is the dumb schmuck that thought praying to her would do anything in the first place? Humans! They're so darn gullible sometimes. Anyway, here's your relief basket. 
Sorry. Just getting real tired of that. Happens every time I give someone a basket. Next! Hi, Chris Rosebro here to talk about our longtime featured advertiser, Cheapo Air. Doesn't matter if you're traveling for business reasons or for pleasure. Doesn't matter if you're traveling within the United States or abroad. Cheapo Air is the place for you to save literally hundreds of dollars on your airfare, hotel rooms, and rental cars. Visit our website, fightingforthefaith.com. On the side of our website, you'll see our ad banners. Look at the ad banner for Cheapo Air and look on it. There's a promo code. Write the promo code down, click on the ad banner, and then book your travel at the Cheapo Air website. You'll have the opportunity to enter that promo code for additional savings. Again, fightingforthefaith.com. Write down the promo code, click on the ad banner, and save money on your airfare, hotel rooms, and rental cars today. Hey, everyone. It's Rex here to tell you about a product that I use on a daily basis. It's Coffee by Gillespie. It's delicious. It's got the caffeine you need to be a functioning member of society, and it's It's coffee. There's all sorts of different blends to choose from that are themed alongside the church calendar. So not only does it taste insanely good, but it's also liturgical. Somehow. All you have to do is order it online at gillespie.coffee. And it'll arrive at your door in a convenient, resealable bag filled with either whole bean or pre-ground coffee. I personally like mine as whole bean because it goes so well with milk. Uh, that's what I call a balanced breakfast. So head on over to Gillespie.coffee and get some. That's G-I-L-L-E-S-P-I-E dot coffee. Rex out! Warning, listening to Fighting for the Faith could cause you to become supremely dissatisfied with your church, especially if it's of the Cuckoo Banana Town variety. Just a reminder, Fighting for the Faith is listener-supported radio. That means we depend upon you, your generous gifts, and financial contributions in order to continue to bring Fighting for the Faith to you and to the world. And you can partner with us. It's a partnership. Uh, visit our website, fightingforthefaith.com. When you get there, you'll see our three friendly yellow buttons. One says donate. The other says join our crew. The other says become a patron. When you join our crew, you get to pick your rank in our crew. Rank is based upon your monthly commitment. Lowest rank is Powder Monkey at $9.95 a month. After that, Gunner's made at $24.95 a month. From there, Master Gunner at $49.95 a month, and then Quartermaster, $99.95 a month. Joining our crew is a great way to support us. If you'd like to make a one-time contribution, click on the Donate button. If you'd like to become a patron via Patreon, click on the Become a Patron button. If you'd like to support us the traditional analog way, you can do so by uh, making your gift payable to Fighting for the Faith, and then send it to Post Office Box 13344. Grand Forks, North Dakota, zip code 58208. And let me thank you for your support. We truly cannot do what we are doing here without it. Time to re-release the McCracken, so let's do this. Down at an English fair, one evening I was there. When I heard a showman shouting underneath the flare, I've got a lovely bunch of coconuts. There they are, standing in a row. Big one, small one, some as big as your head. Give them a twist, a flick of the wrist, that's what the showman said. I've got a lovely bunch of coconuts. Every ball you throw will make me rich. There stands me wife. The idol of me life, singing roly-poly-ball, a penny a pitch. 
Sing and roll a bell, a ball, a penny, a pitch. Sing and roll a bell, a ball, a penny, a pitch. Roll a bell, a ball. Roll a bell, a ball. Sing and roll a bell, a ball, a penny, a pitch. Grab a Bible and go ahead and open up to Titus chapter 1. Titus chapter 1 will be in it in just a minute. And what we're going to do is we're going to head over to the YouTube channel of C3 Church in San Diego. This is where Jurgen Athesius holds court. And uh, there is a fellow who makes the round between C3 and Sydney, C3 and San Diego. He's appeared at Planet Shaker, claims to be a prophet of God. We've covered quite a few of his appearances uh, around the globe on the podcast of Fighting for the Faith. And uh, his name is David McCracken. So we're going to release the McCracken to you today. We're going to explain how he's an empty double talker. Uh, We'll kind of demonstrate that along the way. So let's get to it. Uh, This is his message titled Encounter. Encounter. Yeah, let's see what we can do with this. Um, And I want to talk to you about the whole process of living a life of encounter uh, because the whole process of living a life of encounter what is that where do we find that in the bible the living the life of encounter if i were to do a word search in the scripture and type in life of encounter how many passages would show up um you know is it greater than one, is it less than zero? <laughs> Can it be less than zero? You, you kind of get the idea. This is weird because this guy is an empty talker. What he's saying has no biblical, makes no biblical sense, and in some ways makes no lucid sense either. Because the more individuals uh, experience a life of encounter, the greater the corporate breakthrough in a city and in a nation and in the world. And- All right, so uh, corporate encounters equal breakthrough for nations and cities and stuff where's that in the bible and the tragedy over years and years and decades that i've seen and i've been preaching now what for 52 years and i've seen so many times this happened where where the the greater promise the greater potential the greater dream seems to fall short and the reason for it is because the hunger for encounter that birthed the whole thing the the hunger for encounter that birth what exactly that, that, that pastor jürgen leanne had when the thing was birthed um gener- what thing was birthed generationally gets less uh and so i have to back this up i have i mean words are coming out of his face but none of them make any sense let me Ten seconds might help. Here we go. That that, that Pastor Jürgen Leanne had when the thing was birthed um, generationally gets less. Uh, and so people love the fruit of success and they, they revel in the fruit of success and they enjoy the fruit of success but get less and less in their hunger for the encounter that birthed that success. So are you hungry enough for an encounter to birth success? Where is that taught in the scriptures exactly? And so I I believe I'm here, basically here tonight to to offer you a supernatural opportunity if you're willing to hunger for encounter. So he's going to give us a supernatural opportunity, but you got to be willing to hunger for encounter. Now, let me me, uh, take a look at... um, Titus chapter 1, and uh, we've already noted, uh, by the way, we'll just kind of start here, we've already noted that one of the ways in which Scripture describes false teachers is they describe them as waterless clouds or waterless rain clouds. In that same category would be the empty talkers, and let's again review the, um, the necessary qualifications for a pastor in Christ's church. Yeah, Jesus's church. Jesus gets to call the shots in his church and he gets to tell us who is qualified and not qualified, who's a 
uh, a sound teacher and who isn't. And so here's what Titus 1, starting at verse 5, says. Uh, this is why I left you in Crete, Paul writing to Titus, so that you might put what remained in order and appoint elders in every town as I directed you. If anyone is above reproach, the husband of one wife, his children are believers, not open to the charge of debauchery or insubordination, for an overseer is God's steward. So you're going to note here uh, that uh, pastors are stewards. They are God's stewards. So God says, since you're going to be my steward in my church, you must be above reproach. He must not be arrogant or quick-tempered or a drunkard or violent or greedy for gain, but hospitable, a lover of the good, self-controlled, upright, holy, and disciplined. He must hold firm to the trustworthy word as taught so that he may be able to give instruction in sound doctrine and also to rebuke those who contradict it. Here's what's coming next. So you got to be able to rebuke those who contradict sound doctrine. Why? For there are many who are insubordinate. They do not submit to Christ and his authority. And they are empty talkers. The uh, Matayalagoi. Matayalago. Let's take a look at that, by the way. Do a little quick search in our Greek tools. Matayalagos is uh, the lexical form. And uh, these are vain talkers. These are people who are idle, senseless, or mischievous talkers. Senseless or mischievous talker. Idle talker. These are people who are idle or empty talkers. You get the idea here. They say a whole lot of nothing. And there are many of them. And, and so there are many who are insubordinate, and they are empty talkers and deceivers, especially those of the circumcision party. And they must be silenced. So we're going to note here that there's a whole category of false teacher. We've note again, like I said, Jude says that they are waterless rain clouds. Here, Paul describes them as uh, the Matayalagos or the Matayalagoi. Uh, these are the vain or idle, senseless talkers or empty talkers is a good way of putting it. That's a whole category. And Christ in his church wills that people of this stripe and ilk be silenced by those who know sound doctrine. Mm -hmm. The saying. So uh, let me give you another example, by the way, because I, it's been a long time since I've seen this fellow. In fact, 10-ish years ago, 10, 11 years ago, there was a fellow who made the rounds, and he called himself Mr. Double Talk. And if you, if you look him up on YouTube, Mr. Double Talk, uh, you can find some of the things that he's done. He, you know, he traveled around, did corporate events, and even made it on the Today Show. And, uh, and so he was, he was basically pulling a stunt on the Today Show, and he's a master of double talk. He says things without saying anything. And so uh, let, let's uh, review his appearance on the Today Show, shall we? From NBC News, this is Today with Kathy Lee Gifford and Oda Kotby. We're back with a very special guest. He's a man who claims to be today's biggest fan. Biggest. He says he's been watching, he's watched more hours of the Today Show and owns more Today Show memorabilia than anybody else. So in the spirit of Feel Good Friday, we're making Bob Payne's dream come true. And we've invited him to come and see where it all happens. Hello, and Bob. I'm telling you right now, I can't believe I'm here. It's taken years. <laughs> but I have to ask both of you one yeah. thing. Go. Over the last minute, I guess, really with the broadcasting, which I've been doing down in Atlanta a lot, in the Georgia Southern University, where I'm a professor, uh -huh. I teach English, and I got one that you know what we see. Has that occurred here? Has it? No. No. Mm -mm. Oh, no. Well, I mean, I mean. So you know, Hoda is like, oh, what? <laughs> the reason I ask is several people have that. Well, and you'll know that they're they've the audience knows this guy is engaging in a joke here. Nobody has really come on up and asked me, but I think that a lot of times the question comes down to what. What, if any, and if not, how much? I, I, I've never... I, I'm None for me. No, none for me either. But you've heard that a lot. Hmm. More than my fair share. <laughs> really? I really, I've been, I've, I've been trying to, you know, what we have, and I guess really has that mm -hmm. to what we've seen in it. Uh, the times have changed so much. Yeah. I don't mind change. I just don't want to be well, there well, when me, it happens. All right, well, tell me, tell me about your house, first of all, because we hear you have a lot of memorabilia, today shows. Now, no, no, Hoda's trying to get him on track to say something that makes lucid sense in her mind. Stuff. What kind of stuff do you have in there? 
Oh, you're talking to me. Yeah. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I, I told you. I told you. I may be in the business. I'm, I'm only talking to you. That's the only person we're going to. Come oh. here. Give me a hug. Ah, oh, yes. 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 He told me before and he thinks you're exotic Excellent. and gorgeous. Excellent. Yes. Okay. And, but but uh, let, me, let me just slow that down. Okay. We and then I guess really down in Atlanta. And when I say Atlanta, of course, I mean <laughs> Atlanta. I've heard coming of coming up here to New York and yeah. Westway out, then I guess really one day I'm hoping, of course, that there'll be people out there. But well, there are kicked off the plaza. This is what it's come down to. Oh, y'all too loud again. We're too loud. That, yeah, but that happened to you one time in Atlanta. Tell that story. I got kicked off. I mean, I wasn't even there, and I got asked to leave. <laughs> I, I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I, I'm just so nervous. Like last night, I dreamed I was awake, and then when I woke up, I was asleep. Bob, why? <laughs> All right, you get the point. The guy basically made his living, his whole stick, and he's an entertainer was to say nothing, engage in double talk. That's exactly what the McCracken is doing here. He's engaging in empty talk and doublespeak. He's saying nothing, and it's this is not at all what the Scripture says, but to say that he's actually asserting things, you have to listen carefully because you can hear his assertions, but none of this makes any sense. So let's go back to the McCracken. And his recent appearance there at um, C3 San Diego. Um, because, friends, we are all called to be a supernatural people. Living a supernatural uh, life, representing a supernatural Christ. And uh, so I want to talk to you a little bit about supernatural breakthrough being the fruit of encounter. Right, I mean... Are you experiencing the proper fruit of encounter, which is supernatural breakthrough? Because, you know, we worship a supernatural God, you know. Now, this word encounter in the dictionary um, just simply says this. To come upon or meet with, especially unexpectedly or suddenly. And so... Uh, which Greek... Oh, that wasn't a Greek dictionary. Was it a Hebrew lexicon? No, it wasn't a Hebrew... Apparently, he went to an English dictionary just to look up what the word encounter means. Which Hebrew word were you uh, referencing there? H how about a Greek word? Were you referencing a Greek? Uh, you know, because the Old Testament's written in uh, Biblical Hebrew, and the New Testament's written in Koine Greek. Um, so, so um, yeah. So, he just throws an English definition in there. And I, I which... Dictionary actually says that definition. I'm curious. Oh, well, the, the encounter that I'm speaking to you about tonight is actually the gate crash of God. The, the, uh, and I love that thought. The, gate the, the, the encounter you're talking about tonight is the gate crash of God. What are you talking about? crash of God is that sudden invasion uh, of his kingdom realm of the spirit into our world of the natural. It's that moment when he parts the veil and suddenly your heart is possessed and embraced by his heart. And there is nothing between you and him. Do you have a biblical text that says this? I'd like to see it so I can study it out and try to make sense of what you're saying because I'm not familiar with any passages that say this. But we've got the added problem is you really don't seem to be saying anything. And I believe that God wants to break into our momentum with a gate crash intervention. Uh, and <laughs> I want to hear that sentence again. Hang on a second here. I'm going to go back 10 seconds. Let's try this again. And there is nothing between you and him. And I believe that God wants to break into our momentum with a gate crash intervention. Uh God wants to break into our momentum with a gate crash into... <laughs> what is this? It, you know, and you can hear some of the people there at C3 are going, Whoa! <laughs> He, he's saying nothing. He's one of the types of false teacher that Scripture warns us about, the empty talker. Uh, and uh, I'm not just talking about the momentum of life. No. Yeah. And that certainly is so. 
but sometimes even in the ministry, sometimes even doing the godly stuff that God's actually called us to do, we can, uh, we can develop momentum. Now, we need momentum because nothing ever happens unless you have momentum. You've got to have... What? I, yeah. <clears throat> Saying a whole lot of nothing. But he's getting some amens, though, you know. That, that's all that matters have momentum but the the vulnerability of momentum is that we can be so in stride you know the time has come my little friends to talk of other things of shoes and ships and sealing wax and cabbages and kings and why the sea is boiling hot and whether pigs have wings kaloo kalay come run away we're cabbages and kings that we lose the art of listening and so God will, in those moments, knowing the trueness of your heart, will then gatecrash your world. <laughs> what? It's, somebody said, oh, it's such a good word. He's not saying anything. This is one of the empty talkers, the waterless rain cloud people that Christ, through his word, warned us about. What is an encounter? An encounter is where you experience powerfully the Spirit of the Lord. Now, that might be a direct voice of God to you. It might be something out of the Word that can... Do you have a biblical text that teaches this? It's quickened to you. It might be a supernatural endowment for a specific task. But either way, it is an encounter with the Holy Spirit that reveals Father's heart to you and is a life-changing intervention. If it doesn't change your life, you haven't had an encounter with the Holy Ghost. Says who? Which biblical text says this? I can't see anybody telling me, oh, I had this incredible encounter with the Holy Ghost, but nothing changed. That's not true. If you have a Holy Ghost encounter, something changes. Well, whatever spirit he encountered, something changed in his mind, and he's incapable of coherent, lucid communication with words and sentences that mean anything. And do you know that we're called, people, to be a, a... Men and women of revelation. We are. Where in the scripture does it say we're called to be men and women of revelation? And by revelation, how are you defining that word? We're not called to live life out of information. We're called to live life out of revelation. Again, biblical text, please. And that's what makes us a supernatural people. But you can't have revelation. No, you can't have it. Without encounter. Clearly, that goes without saying, I guess. Text, please. Only in the place of encounter do you find revelation. <laughs> Only in the place of encounter do you find revelation. Mm-hmm. Okay, yeah. And uh, secondly, when you do get something revealed to you to that God commissions you to do, you'll never, ever end up doing it without supernatural empowerment to do it. And that comes out of encounter as well. Yeah, text, please. And so the place of the encounter, which I, I want to uh, share with you in a moment, the place of encounter fundamentally, this is the most important thing I'll say all night, fundamentally, the most important thing coming up here, he hasn't said anything yet. Changes who you are. And therefore, what you are capable of. If you have a, an encounter with the Holy Ghost, an encounter with your Father's heart, I'll guarantee you that you are changed and your capacity is changed. See, my momentum was interrupted with the breakthrough thingy from the encounter that led to the revelation and, and stuff. And so, you know what we're all called to? This is I, I have no, you didn't even finish your last thought. And now you're on to your next one. Okay? It's all just prelim. <laughs> uh, what, what we're called to be is a transformer. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> what? We're, we're called to be squirm wormers? What are you talking about? A transformer? 
Am I an Autobot? What are you talking about? And so that you understand what I'm saying about that is um, in the olden days and still in some places in Australia, uh, um, the power lines. Do you know what I mean? But you are aware that there were no power lines anywhere on planet Earth at the time that of the apostles and the prophets. Yeah. No power lines. No transformers either. The big pylons with these power lines going down. They say between 400,000 and 750,000 volts runs one down one of those lines. Uh, and then it, that, that is connected to something they call a transformer, big steel box, you know, in your neighborhood. And it's got a sign on the front. You plug your toaster into this, you'll land on Mars. Um, and it's... And somehow this thing called a transformer can take all those hundreds of thousands of volts and dispense it into homes that need only 240 volts to, to operate. And God spoke to me one day and he says, that's what we're called to be. God spoke to you and said that, that we're called to be transformers. Better add that revelation to the back of our Bible, you know, if that's what God wants, because... There were no transformers when the uh, cannon was closed. Yeah, with the death of the real apostles. Uh, yeah, and uh, and their their writing ended. Yeah, and so uh, now we've got fresh revelation from the McCracken here, which makes no sense. But apparently, it says that God told him that's what we're called to be. Transformers. We're called to be transformers. We're called to be those that are able to receive the un unbridled power of God and then for it not to consume us, but for us to be able to contain it and then share it for the needs of mankind. Yeah, again, do you have a text for that? So apparently we got to plug ourselves right into the power line of God and take it into ourselves. And then, you know, and then share that with... Uh, do you have a text for that? And so... Oh, he doesn't need one. He said that God told him that directly. If you have an encounter, you get qualified to be a transformer. Well, yeah. I, sounds logical-ish to me. Yeah, if you have an encounter, then you're qualified to be a transformer. Thus saith... The McCracken, who said that the Lord told him this. Um, now, I want to go, having said that, I want to go to Joshua. Having said what? Joshua chapter 1 and verse 1. And we have here God giving Joshua his life commission. Very powerful. All right, so we're finally to the word of God. Joshua chapter 1. Listen to this. After the death of Moses, a servant of the Lord, it came to pass that the Lord spoke to Joshua, the son of Nun, Moses' assistant, saying, Moses, my servant is dead. Well, he knew that already. Don't you think he was aware of that? So why did God say it? Because there's always something inside of us that wants to hang on to yesterday. Yeah, no text says why God said it. You just added that to the Bible. Everyone's like, woo! This is a pseudo profound bovine scatology now. He's dead. That's one era has finished, a new era begins. Now, therefore, arise, go over this Jordan, you and all this people, to the land which I'm giving to them, the children of Israel. Listen to this. Every place that the sole of your foot will tread upon, I have given you, as I said to Moses. You could not, that was nothing vague about that. That is so specific, so empowering. Every place you put your foot upon, I have given to you. And that one, that empowered encounter and commission was uh, empowered Joshua to cross the Jordan, take the people of God, put their feet on the promised land. And yeah, which text says that this encounter then empowered him to do all those things? Because it was the Lord who won all those battles. Mm -hmm. You know, the Lord was the one who fought for Israel. So where where did you find out that this then this encounter empowered? Sounds to me like you started off with your wackerdoodle theology 
And now you're trying to force scripture through that theological lens that you've created, but it's not real exegesis that you're engaging in. And so much of you of what you've said is like complete utter nonsense, completely empty words that don't mean anything. You know, like the encounter and uh, qualifies you to be a transformer. Yeah, yeah. And if you read later on about Joshua's life, that original life commission empowered his desires. Yeah, where if you if we read on, it says in, in that encounter empowered his desires. If I were to read all of the book of Joshua, where which chapter would I find that in? Uh, for the rest of his life, very very powerful. Why have I emphasized that? Well, yeah, clearly, I'd like to know why you're emphasizing anything because I don't know what you're saying. Because, my friends, it wasn't enough. What wasn't enough? Because, you see, it was enough. It was enough for the daily routine. It was enough for all the leadership struggles and leadership decisions that he had to make. It was enough for the month-to-month momentum. It was enough for all of that. And it could even take him across Jordan. But not Jericho. When Jer- oh yeah, the encounter wasn't enough for Jericho. Which text says that Jericho was there, unmovable, unconquerable, never once been defeated in hundreds of years. Jericho stood there, and you see, Jericho wasn't just another city. No, no, Jericho was a gateway city. Yeah. <laughs> Which text says that Jericho is a gateway city? I, I, I'm just curious here. Um, <laughs> very curious. Hey, hold on a second here. I'm going to go into my Old Testament. Gonna do a search for the word gateway. Gateway. All right, let's see here. Okay, so we have a couple of instances, 13 instances in the Old Testament of the word gateway. Um, and uh, the earliest one is Ezekiel. That's a lot farther away <laughs> than, than I would expect. You know, I mean, you know, because I would expect gateway city to be associated with Jericho. So uh, let's let's take a look at some of the samples here. So he put out the form of a hand, took me by a lock of my head, The Spirit lifted me up between earth and heaven, brought me in visions of God to Jerusalem, to the entrance of the gateway of the inner court that faces north, where the seat of the image of jealousy, which provokes to jealousy. Okay, uh, chapter 11, verse 1, Behold, at the entrance of the gateway. Yeah, it seems to me like... um, there is no instances of uh, gateway being used to describe Jericho in the Old Testament. All of the instances of the word gateway, uh, which uh, sha'ar is our Hebrew word, sha'ar, uh, they appear only in the book of Ezekiel. Saying. And if you took Jericho, you took all. The whole, everything just was going to crumble. But if you didn't take Jericho, you couldn't have any of it. And so it was a gateway city. Now, here's what I want to say. He just made that up. Is that all of us at various times in our lives, we're fulfilling our will, the will of God, we're, we're pursuing the Lord, but suddenly there's a Goliath, there's a Jericho standing immovable in front of you. Suddenly. Suddenly there's a Jericho just standing right in front of you, man. You didn't even see it coming. Suddenly, there's a Jericho. I hate those suddenly Jericho, man. I hate that. And you think, dear God, this is a biggie. How are we going to do this? My friends, when you get to a moment like that, when Joshua got to this moment, he could have easily have given in to the thinking, oh, I've got my life commission. I know what I'm called to do. I've already walk through the Red Sea, uh, the River Jordan. Uh, I'm anointed. I'm empowered. <laughs> Where does the justification for this bizarre monologue, internal monologue for Joshua that you've created, what's your justification for that again? Because it don't sound like anything that has anything to do with, like, how Joshua actually thought or did or 
you know, stuff like that. Proud. I know my leadership. I, I, I'm a warrior. Um, I've got the... Com- uh, he could have said all of that, and besides which, I am called. God Almighty called me to do this. But it wouldn't have been enough. No. No. Clearly not enough. There had to be a fresh encounter for Jericho. Because oh, yeah, yeah. You need, you see, you just can't have one encounter. You need fresh encounters to uh, deal with your suddenly Jerichos. Jericho was a gateway city, and God is raising up this church. Apparently C3 Church now is being raised up. Thus saith the McCracken. To confront gateway cities. Woo! Yeah, man, C3 Church San Diego, they're going to be confronting gateway cities <laughs> with fresh encounters because they've been qualified to be transformers. <laughs> this is nonsense. I, I think you get the point. Yeah, so Scripture warns us quite clearly that there are those who are empty talkers. The McCracken is an example of it. And you'll note then, when somebody takes up sermon time to engage in empty talk and double speak and nonsense like this, what ends up happening is that people are not discipled at all in what the scriptures truly do say. They are not called to repent of their sins and trust in Christ for what, you know, because of what he's done for them and coming to earth, being born of the Virgin Mary, bleeding and dying for their sins on the cross. They're not being instructed, instructed in anything truly biblical or sound, or solid. They're not being discipled in any meaningful way at all. Their heads are being filled with complete nonsense. And you'll note then that there are some there at C3 who are going, oh, wow, this is a good word. Yeah, this is a good word in kind of the same way that uh, the emperor's new clothes were spectacular to look at. And uh, I'm just the kid pointing out, hey, listen, this is nonsense. The McCracken's naked. So I think you get the idea. So what'd you think? Love to get your feedback if you'd like to email me regarding anything you've heard on this edition or any previous editions of Fighting for the Faith. You can do so. My mail address is talkbackatfightingforthefaith.com or you can subscribe on Facebook, facebook.com forward slash Pirate Christian. Follow me on Twitter. My name there, at Pirate Christian. Till tomorrow, may God richly bless you in the grace and mercy won by Jesus Christ, his vicarious death on the cross for all of your sins. Amen. <laughs>